And it can shape you to the core if you let it. Three years ago this week, I received this text from a good friend. Something weird just happened. I think they're calling it an earthquake. Cracker Barrel just started moving and rattling and shaking everything on the walls. It was wild and crazy. Isn't that a great description of this world? Wild and crazy? There's so much going on, so much wild, so much crazy, a whole lot of shaking. I thought about some changes and just one that I would mention because I was struck with the difference. As teenagers growing up in Atlanta, we used to go to the Atlanta airport to hang out. You could go anywhere you wanted to go. You could, if you had somebody coming in on a plane, you could go to the gate and wait for them. There were no metal detectors that I was aware of or anything like that. And then everything changed. And now if you go, you have to take off your belt and you have to take off your shoes and you have to empty your pockets and take off your jewelry and get x-rayed and padded down even. Our world has changed that much. So much is happening worldwide and locally. Our friends at Dunwoody Baptist Church are reeling from the news that they received this week. Kathy Yoakum forwarded me. Kathy, thank you for doing this. Messages from Caring Bridge, a website that lets you keep up with what's going on with friends going through difficulties like this. Max's wife posted this on the 27th at 3 o'clock in the morning, Patty. Actually, 2.12 a.m. She says, grateful for a few hours of sleep, I awake and am immediately disappointed to see it's only 2.45. I need rest, I need rest, I need rest. And then I hear the still, small voice. Come to me and I will give you rest. The Lord is here, standing by as I slept, meeting me as I wake with words of comfort and assurance. Patty then quotes from Psalm 72, 16. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. It's so dark outside. I peer through the window, but I can't see very far ahead. I wonder if I can find my way in the dark. The whispered word, word calms my troubled spirit. And she quotes Psalm 119, 105. My word will be a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. Even at night, this song is within me, quoting from Psalm 42, 8. In the dark, he sweetly reminds me of everything he taught me in the light. Isn't that a in the dark, he sweetly reminds me of everything he taught me in the light. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Patty. That's amazing. But not surprising to see a person of faith after the worst news they perhaps have had in life come up with something like that. Today I want to talk about security in this shaky world. 
about Christian invincibility. I like that word. It's a bold word. It's a confident word, invincibility. But if we understand the truth of Scripture, we'll come to realize that it's an accurate word for the Christian. In the dark, we will be reminded of everything we have been taught in the light. In this shaky world, if you are a Christian, you are invincible. Let's pray together. Father, we have many things in common as we scan and read the headlines and react to them. But then we have our own struggles and tremors and quakes that assault our health, our well-being, our lives, our families, our situations. Sometimes we keep those things to ourselves and, well, we don't share those things. Sometimes we're the only ones that know and we know that you know. But Father, we pray that you would give us a keen sense and awareness of your presence. That no matter what is shaking, no matter what is happening, no matter where we are in our life, no matter what troubles may come, that we are close and that we are secure and that we are in this. Help us to realize that truth, whatever we find in our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We begin in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. You know this verse, it's very familiar, I'm sure. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? In the Greek language, this verse is a little different. In my Bible, the words is and can be are in italics. They were added to help us get it. And so removing them in the original language, it really says something like this. If God for us, who against us? That's a little closer. There are no verbs. It's done this way because this verse is timeless. Without regard for time, past, present, future, this is true. It's a fixed and permanent reality. The word if is also better translated since. And so now it might read and help me to understand it when it says something like this. Since God for us, who against us? Since God for us, who against us? And I love that. That's what makes us invincible in this shaky world. God is for us. And because of that statement, everything else falls away. Remember when Old Testament story Joshua and Caleb went in with the ten other spies to check out the land of promise? The ten came with a negative report and said no way. But Joshua and Caleb said this in Numbers 14, beginning at verse 6. And Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Tephunah, 
who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes at the sign of mourning after the negative report, and said to all the congregation of the Israelites, the land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he'll bring us into this land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and with honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection it is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Caleb and Joshua had Romans 8.31 thinking long before Romans 8.31 was written. They had the knowledge of the closeness of God, the closeness of God who was for them, and therefore they were invincible. You'll find several examples of this type of thinking in Scripture. Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Those words were written by David. And David knew what he was talking about. He faced the great giant Goliath. He faced wild animals. He faced a king that wanted him dead. And he came through all of it because God was with him. The Lord was the stronghold of his life. And he was not afraid. Psalms 27 is Romans 8, 31 thinking. Since God for us, who against us? In this shaky world, I often think of another psalm. Psalm 46. Psalms 46, the first three verses, are words of comfort. We hear often in funerals families and those that are left behind are shaken. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and it has, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roam, roar, and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. After these first three verses, I want to look at verse 7 and 11. They're the same exact verse. It's repeated twice. It's important for us today. Psalms 46, 7, or 11 says this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord of hosts is with us. Turn to your neighbor. And remind me that the Lord of hosts is with us. I've been a couple of here. One more. The Lord of hosts is with us. Greg's song was perfect. The response to, I don't want to go without you, is what scripture teaches us from cover to cover. The Lord of hosts is with us. 
Have you forgotten that? Ever? I have. I have forgotten that. When I've worried or fretted or panicked or freaked out or let a situation get the best of me or wondered what are we going to do, I'm reminded the Lord of hosts is, is with you. So we do not lose heart, 
Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that's beyond all measure. Stuff going on now, the stuff going on in this world is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen, the headlines, the world, the mess, is temporary. But what cannot be seen is eternal. Clyde was talking about his friend Sue this morning when he told me that she passed away. And after he told me that, he got a grin on his face and he said, there's no doubt where she is. That's Romans 8.31, thank you, Clyde. Since God formed Sue, Everything else is going to be okay. Max Decatur tells a story about a parakeet named Chippy. Sitting on his perch singing one day, and his owner had a vacuum cleaner to vacuum out the bottom of Chippy's cage. She was vacuuming the bottom, and Chippy's safe on his perch. And the phone rang, and she went to get it. And when she went to get the phone, her hand went up. And Chippy went for a ride into the Hoover. She freaked out, yelled, and hung up the phone, threw down the phone, and turned off the vacuum cleaner and opened the bag. And Chippy was still alive. He was dirty, but he was still alive, dusty. And so she grabbed him out of the bag. And what made her do this? I don't know. She ran over to the kitchen sink and turned on the cold water and then made a Baptist out of Chippy right there and, and just, just drenched him in cold water. And then she put it back on his perch. Grabbed the phone and told the friend what had happened. The friend's husband worked for the newspaper, small town, so they decided to do a story, a follow-up on Chippy. So a reporter comes to the house to check on Chippy Chippy's still there on his perch, alive. And the reporter asked the owner, what's Chippy like after the event as opposed to before the event? And the owner says, well, he doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits there and stares. <laughs> you know the feeling? Do you know the feeling? You probably do. I hope that's not us. Keep singing. Keep singing no matter what. Some of the greatest expressions of faith I have ever seen have been in some of the toughest times. Tomorrow will be 31 years ago that my father went to heaven, September 1st, 1983. He died at home in Mississippi, but before that, he'd been in the hospital various times. And I remember going to visit him in an intensive care room one night, middle of the morning, when he looked at me and said, I'm ready to go home. And he wasn't talking about Akron in Mississippi. He was talking about Akron. That's Romans 8, 30, Romans 8. And David, since God is for me, let's go. 
He knew something different. He saw beyond the temporary. That's what we're asked to do. It reminded me of a song that the Imperials did in the 70s or 80s called The Trumpet of Jesus. Listen to this first line. I listened to the trumpet of Jesus while the world hears a different sound. We need to listen to God. Listen to this song for just a moment. I listen to the trumpet of Jesus.
Help us to know your truth and to fill ourselves with it in the light so we're prepared for whatever happens in the darkness. Father, we thank you for your spirit that goes with us and sustains us. Do that this day and forevermore. It is our prayer that all of us are your people. If we do not know you, we pray we would run to you to join your family. Father, this day as we open the doors of our church and sing an invitation, it's a wonderful invitation. If anyone publicly, privately needs to do something, we pray we would do that this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to